join us as we take a look behind the scenes with the independent musicians of Louisiana. Learn about upcoming projects before they drop. Experience the rich heritage of iconic venues and get first-hand accounts of exclusive events. Musicians are remarkable people. Get to know them, their struggles, and the inspiration for their art. NewOrleansMusicians.com is dedicated to uplifting the artists and providing them with the tools necessary to elevate their craft. We shine a spotlight on them, as well as highlight the music scene and educate everyone with our interviews, album reviews, and music scene news. This is NewOrleansMusicians.com. Well, you know, originally I from the from south side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, as everybody here, a town we call Inglewood is, you know, a known town out there. It's like it, they call it a bad neighborhood, but you know, whatever you want to call it. But that's where I grew up, and just being myself. As even a child, I've always just had my own way I was moving and living and even with different things going around me, like, you know, it's game banging and all type of stuff going around that sure. I can easily get influenced by and just fall into. But first off, my grandmother, she used to one had us like, hey, you're not going to do that. You're going to do this and you're sure. going to learn about music. You're going to do this and blah, blah. And it wasn't until I was like about like five or six and she... Used to play a lot of like oldies, James Brown, different stuff like that. Okay. And one day, we, I, was, I remember I was sitting on the back porch and I hear this song, Super Bad by James Brown. And I'm just like, man, that song is like, what's this? What's this? And I got into it and for some reason it stuck with me. And then I just, I don't know, just changed into some whole other. Thing where I'm like, oh, I'm gonna start wearing suits. I, I like to dress up. So anytime Easter came around as a child, mm-hmm. I'm like, let's go pick out our suits. Let's go get what we're gonna wear. And I'll always like pick like these purple or pink suits or something. Something sure. that's like just stood out. And then my dad, even my grandma, like, yeah, this, this guy is different. <laughs> different now she type. was she was playing that music. Mm-hmm. How did you did you go on your own seek out? The visuals that were associated yeah when with i got this? older yeah when i was okay. able because like even from a child i'm like okay but i started asking questions more about like who's james brown blah blah and then you know michael jackson i eventually already knew him because you know Every, he was already known right? <laughs> and so it was like then when I, was, I got a little older and you know you able to search and look up things i was like okay i go look up james brown look up um you know michael and all of these different artists and, but really, the one that like stuck out to me, not saying that James Brown was, he's the main, that's the root. Sure. But then one day, I just got, we was a little living and um, we was on a trip out in Memphis, I think, or something like that. And my dad was playing Let's Go Crazy by Prince. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, man, okay, what is this? And he, he just playing, he's like playing the whole Purple Rain album. So that happened. A couple of years later, I had to be about, let me see, I was in teenage years by then, probably I'd be 13, 14, something like that. And I'm just flipping through the TV, Purple Rain pop up. And I'm watching, and so I was like, yep, this is the type of stuff you about to do. And I'm like, uh, you know, I was just still just kind of avoiding it, even though in between all that time span, me and my little brother, we like, you know, children do little dances for my grandma, put on little shows and stuff like that. And to the point, my grandma would take us out, we'd be in a grocery store somewhere, and she'd be... 
just talking about it so well. Like, oh, my grandkids, they do this. They flip off tables. They do this. They do splits and all of this. And people would be like, oh, okay. And then she's like, oh, y'all sing a song. We'll just have to bust out and start singing. All of that, like, even though my cousins and my brothers and stuff was doing the same thing, but it just stuck with me. And uh-huh. Even when getting older, I just kept moving forward with it. Like, okay, this music thing is what I want to do. And not what was the music of whatever time, like, whatever it was hip hop, whatever I wanted to do. Funk, and that was what was in my soul. Always stayed with yeah. you as the funk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you you spoke about when you were much younger, and you said you moved differently, or you had a different way about you. So I would imagine that left you open to influences, whereas other people would take them where they found them. Like I, you know, mm-hmm. he's on the radio, and that's it. It's not a part of my life or a way of life. Mm-hmm. Even it's mm-hmm. just a song. Um, so I guess it was, it, was it easier for you to adopt these, these different sounds and uh, I guess perspective, musical perspectives? Was it easier for, for you to do that because you didn't feel akin to the, I guess, normal society? Yeah. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Was, yeah, it was like, that's what made me, I don't know, like and now, even now, it's like even hearing something. I can hear it's like even as a child, I didn't understand it so much when I heard the music. I just know I hear guitars, drums, and it just sure. did something to me where it was like, okay, I must be in tune with something that's just keeping me to be like, okay, why well, can't hear this guitar so good? Why can't I hear these drums so good? Why well, I hear these rhythms that's just doing something to me uh, against even hearing whatever the song music of that time was. Sure. And just being like, okay, well, whatever. And then going to hear like James Brown, Al Green, or whoever, uh, and I'm like, oh man, I love this stuff. And I knew like, okay, it got to be something. So for me, it was just diving deeper and learning, honing whatever that was. Sure. And just even if it was just sitting at home pretending to sing and do these James Brown songs and learn how to do these splits and stuff and just watching till I was like, okay, I can do that. And then just watching Prince and him doing the double splits and all right, I'm gonna learn that too. And I'm gonna do this, <laughs> I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna do that. All right, okay, I'm gonna learn how to li- li- watch interviews and see sure. you know, what their mindset was at, what type of <clears throat> person are they, what, you know, what type of vibration do they hold and then to help me um, discover myself even more. You know? Sure. So, what what was the there you said there was some some hesitation with it as well you were you were investigating all of these things and you would perform at home in front of people you were comfortable with mm-hmm. was it was it jumping up on stage in front of strangers or was it you weren't quite sure about yeah, your I wasn't sure I wasn't sure I just was role? really cuz it was at first before I was even thinking about I was kind of like you were saying about you know some people would listen to something but like, okay that's a song on the radio I would kind of like pretend like Okay, that's I'm on radio, but then I'm really deep inside. Like, man, that's like you, you got know, high, yeah. <laughs> and so it was just like with me, it was more, you know, I was in a moment when I was like, right, I'm gonna be a chef. Like I was just all over the place. Where I'm sure. like, the music just always stayed there. My love for music was just there to the fact I just broke down. I was like, all right, let me stop fucking around and let me do this yeah. <laughs> like figure out whatever route I need to go to do this and just keep practicing for no reason like even after like even when I got older and after like high school and stuff I still would just like um practice 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 for no reason at all I didn't even have any visions of creating a band at first I know I wanted to do it but I wasn't like putting putting myself into that um 
seen yet at all. I wasn't even, even in like high school, I was, I, I think I waited to senior year of high school to finally put a group together. And it was like, oh, okay. the last, last year of high school, it was like, man, we need something for this uh, assembly. You want to do something? Okay, I play drums. Let me put a drum group together. And we did that. And it went until after when I really got invested and was like, you know what? Let me just get to this band thing and figure out how I'm going to sure. make this happen. Well, it um, takes more, I think, once you realize you want to make it a complete entity onto itself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because you yourself can play piano or you yourself can play a guitar and things like that, mm -hmm. but you yourself realize that that's not the elements of the shows that mm -hmm. I'm seeing. So you mm -hmm. realize you have to wear a lot of hats quick. Mm -hmm. You're mm -hmm. already trying to figure out how to be a dancer and, and what instruments speak to mm -hmm. you, but now you got to be a band coordinator yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and a recruiter <laughs> and uh, possibly a travel yeah. agent and yeah. you know, all, all the of theatrics it. and all production. It. Yeah, it, it's a lot. So senior in high school, you said something else too that, that resonated with me and it was that you always found yourself um, deep diving into music for no reason. Mm -hmm, and I mm -hmm. always felt the same. I've, I've played uh, piano for many years mm -hmm. and you know, as a child, like you're saying, I sat down and played for no reason. Mm -hmm. There was nobody mm -hmm. behind me saying, you need to do this. Or it wasn't me saying, mm -hmm. it wasn't me saying, I'm going to be a super famous piano player one day. It was none of those things. Mm -hmm. It was just, I got to do it. I don't know why. And it makes me feel great when mm -hmm. I do it. So mm -hmm. I always come back to it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's to be revered because if you have good motives, it's one thing. But if you can't tell why and you're so mm -hmm. unbelievably drawn to it inexplicably, yeah. then, then you'll never leave it. Yeah. It'll never leave you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's a powerful thing. Um, when you started to become all of these things we're speaking of, you said a senior in high school? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, at that point, what did you know? Because you had spent a lot of time researching different aspects of these uh, performers. Yeah. So yeah. did you realize what it meant? That yeah. meant that you're gonna have to go find these people. Yeah, it was like like I, even like I said, from child to high school, I was from I it was artists I didn't even mention. Like I was getting into Bob Marley, I was heavy into Bob Marley in high school, um, and his messages and his music, Parliament, Funkadelic, George Clinton, Carlos Santana. I was just just from coming from James Brown to just discover all of these different artists, even Little Richard and just different artists, I was just watching like, man, okay, they all got a style, it was some connection that I found on later on in life about all these people or that somebody told me, but all of these different artists, I was just like learning until I was like, um, let me see, like I said, after high school, and the funny story was what made me want to start a band was I was like playing percussion at the time. Learn how to play bass, plus started playing percussion. Was at a block party, I think. Yeah, okay, it was a band playing at a block party. And I walked down there, I had to be, let me see, I was, hmm, I was like 17, 18. I just knew I was out of high school and I'm back living at my grandmother's house. What year we talking roughly? Um, 20, had to be about 2010, 2011 around okay. that time. So I walked down the street, you know, I'm already in my music headspace, but I just didn't, it was time to put action into it. So, go to this block party. It's a band playing out there. Older guys, I come out there, I'm like, oh, snap. I run back down the street, go get my uh, conga, come back. I'm like, can I play with y'all? They're like, yeah. So, I'm just feeling like I'm just snapping. I'm having a good time with them. They playing all these hits, and I know them. I'm like, yep. 
So after I'm thinking we had a magical moment. So I'm like, can I join your band? <laughs> and they like gave me a card. Yeah. So, you know, probably that Monday I'm calling. Hey man, this is the guy that was playing the percussion. How old are you? I'm like, I'm like, I'm 18. Yeah, oh, man, you too young. Oh, I got the phone on me. I was like, oh, ain't this about? I was like, I was hurt. I'm like, then you really just like hang, like you didn't say just come back later. Now you just yeah. hung up. So I'm like, you weren't never really trying to get me in the band anyway. So I was like, okay, I took that as all right. Let me see what else I can do. At the time, Craigslist was, you know, something that I, I forget how I came across Craigslist, but I was like, I'm gonna just put an ad on Craigslist and see what happened. So I put this ad up there. Tamari, uh, like, what was I called? Yeah, Tamari T, the front man extraordinaire is what I put the ad as. Um, two people called me. First guy called me. He like, man, I like everything. I like your description of everything. I had no video, not a wrote a description. Like, man, I'm into Prince, I'm into this. Like, all of the stuff I was into. He like, man, I think you would be perfect um, to join my band it was like it's called Space Cowboys and it was some stupid ass shit. I was like, oh, I was just like, uh, okay, you know. I was like, all right. Luckily, somebody else called me. He like, hello, and I'm like, yeah. Uh, he's like, I seen your ad. Um, are you, you know? Anyway, he called my. He said something else. He didn't say my name right at first, which always happens all the time. He's like, actually, I thought you was a woman by the name. I'm like, no, nah, my name's Tamari, I'm a guy. He was like, well, you know what, still come down. You know, we had a talk. He was like, yeah, we, we do prints, we do all of that. We a cover band, we do all of that stuff. I'm like, yeah, come down to the um, to the uh, studio session and rehearsal and see what you, you know, can do. So, um, he, I told my dad, I'm like, man, I want to go to this, uh, <laughs> this audition, but it's on the west side of Chicago. Now, in Chicago, you got the south side, you got the west side. Now they both, you know, you got in the different neighborhoods, you got, you know, your problems. But the west side to the south side, it was like, oh, no, that's way worse. <laughs> to the west side, they think the south side. They were just, you uh, know, just the same stuff. But so my dad, like, man, on the west side, I'm like, yeah, I, just, I need to go do this. I need, I need, to, I just got to go. So which my family has always been supportive of what I was doing. Like my grandma and dad, I used to blast music 24-7 and nobody really told me turn that stuff off like sometimes they'll tell me turn it down but majority of the time i would blast music but since i was playing like oldies and stuff like that they didn't mind yeah so he drive me to this building it's, it, it was called the chocolate factory i remember the big old rehearsal space on the west side he like man this spot don't look like it. it's a, a space i'm like we looking at it. he like you sure and i at the moment he's like you just want to go home and i saw i thought for a minute I'm like, no, I gotta go in there. I gotta go in there. So they, the guy come, I think, I'm thinking they sent somebody downstairs. So I'm thinking it's the guy who I was talking to on the phone. So I'm like, oh yeah, his name was Professor. He like, I'm like, Professor? He like, no, nah. he's like, I'm Fred. I'm just one of the singers, but we're gonna take you upstairs. So since it's Craigslist, I'm already looking like, man, what the, well, you yeah. know, I'm thinking it's like some <laughs> fishy stuff, but I'm like, he threw okay. yourself to the wolves with this. Yeah, I'm like, I'm gonna still go up here and see what's happening. So go up the steps, walk in the room, there's a band up there, they, you know, doing their thing, they playing. I'm like, okay, cool. Like a four or five piece band. I sit in the cut and just was sitting in the back. And I remember I had like this gold silk shirt on with this fedora on, just sitting in the cut looking at them. And it's like, all right, what songs you know? I was like, well, I know I Want to Be Your Lover by Prince. I know Jungle Love by The Time. 
I'm just naming all these songs. They're like, oh, we know all of that. All right, come on. Get up here and do, uh, what was the first song we did? We did this song by the time called Gigolos Get Lonely Too. So I just get to singing the song. They're like, okay. Then it's like, oh, you know Jungle Love? I'm like, yeah, we do Jungle Love. And I get to just do the song, get to dance and do hit the splits. I just went all out. Okay. After I stopped, they looked at me and was like, man, this ain't even an audition. We want you in this band. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And so the name of that band was called the Red Line Lounge. Little did I know, me focusing on like learning all this print stuff and all this stuff, I was just at home practicing for no reason at all, just right. doing it, just putting on whole. I would sit in my room, like everybody be outside playing. I would sit in my room, blast my music, have a little mic stand, putting on whole shows for an invisible audience right. <laughs> for just no reason. <laughs> And meeting this band, it was like, they're like, man, you do that, we do this. And it was like, it aligned the right way. So once they, I learned more, because they was all older than me, so I just started learning more. They was like, yeah, we used to be one of the bass player at Gerald. He was like, yeah, I used to be in a Prince cover band when I was younger. So he was like, me and the guitarist, we've been playing for 30 plus years, so this is our band. And he was like, we do cover, we do everything. They were all soul, funk, like they hit, was doing Isley Brothers, and I just fit in right in and do the Prince type stuff and mm -hmm. do all that. So they're like, you gonna fit in, you gonna be our last act of the, of the night with our shows. Which after as time went on, some some of the vocalists didn't like that. We, they didn't like that. Uh, Cause we would have like damn near a review. They'd have every vocalist go up, do their couple of songs. Then I'd come up and just shut it down, just be like, okay. But sooner or later, it just ended up being me, because all the other vocalists be like, man, y'all showing favoritism to him, but I was in the band longer. So it was like new vocalists would come in the band and think they supposed to close out the show. And I'm like, yeah. And somebody was like, man, you got seniority in the band. How they feel like they, I'm like, I don't know. So How many people were in this band? This one was, was very smaller. We had about, mm -hmm. mm, I would say we didn't go over seven people. Okay. We had, let me see, drums, percussion, keys, lead guitar, bass and then we had like let me see like two singers sometimes yeah 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 so and when you put that ad out you said you put it out for a front man yeah just to be a front man in the band and, but uh, you had already picked up on percussion oh uh, yeah bass mm -hmm. and yeah. did you list that in there or you oh, were no. you were I just looking to be a front man mm -hmm. for... i didn't even tell them i did all that <laughs> I was just so like, i just want to do that so. i mean it was a godsend that they they resonated with uh mm -hmm. or shared some some of the same interests as you as far mm -hmm. as musically speaking. Yeah. All those songs are just kind of linked up. How yeah. long were you with them for? So let me see. That was 20, about 2010 till, it had to be about, mm -hmm. I would say about three years because I started my other band in 2013. Uh -huh. So I was with them and learned a lot from that. You know, three years sounds short, but it was like for me, we were working almost every day we would rehearse like i'll tell people when i used to rehearse with them we'd get together we'd be on the west side of chicago uh the uh, band leader he had a garage we would sit in that garage from we would start rehearsal at 12 in the afternoon and we wouldn't leave out till 11 p.m or 12 a.m and we would sit in there and rehearse we would take breaks everybody have beer barbecue whatever we eat yeah. Get back to it. All right, y'all, let's learn this song. Let's learn. We were just like working on our craft so hard where people would be walking through the alley and they'd be hearing like we doing I Want to Be a Lover by Prince. 
And they're like, man, I thought a radio was playing. And that's how tight we were just like getting yeah. the sound till like we started doing different shows. And my first performance, we he uh, he had set up a birth was it an anniversary or birthday party? It was one of those where he had a beautiful house where he was like, okay, we're gonna set up a party in the backyard and it's gonna be our first show. I'm gonna pay y'all as the band leader. I'm gonna pay y'all to do this show for this party. So the first show we oh you know what I ended up bringing dancers in that in the band too. I had to ask them like, hey, do y'all want to add dancers? Got on Craigslist, found dancers that fit right in at, at the time as well. And um, we do this first show and people was like, man, that guy he you know. They like, he got something, he got something. Y'all got to make sure y'all keep cultivating him, which they did. They kept, you know, teaching me stuff. And my band leader, professor, he got me more tight with not only knowing the music, but knowing how to run a band. Now, me being in the band at the time, I used to get frustrated because he used to be on me. Like, i do a show. Like, when we started doing more shows consistently, i do a show and he would be like, uh, I think I just, the crowd went nuts. And I'm like, yeah, I <laughs> Yeah, man, come here. And he'd be like, yeah, tell me, a whole rundown of stuff I messed up on. And yeah. I'm like, man, what? And I always get so angry, because I'm like, man, I'm just, did you just see this crowd? He's like, nah, you gotta take it even harder. You have to, so he like cultivated me more and more. Like I already was in a position where I knew my craft, but Meeting them made me just get even more like on the and tight and yeah. learning how to like the backside of dealing with a band, learning how to set up rehearsals, yeah. learning how to make sure, hey, every when we got a show, everybody pitch in to do what we need to do. If you need the drummer needs help setting up, we supposed to move like a team and a unit. I learned all that from him, and he used to be frustrated sometimes and he used to go off on us. But when I got my own band, I started to see this is why. You gotta have a tight ship and have to be sometimes strict because if you're working with a team of people, you know, you got this thing. And then the other guy, like I told you, was two friends, 30 years, Gerald. Now he cultivated me more with the music and with like, hey man, he was very encouraging. Like it was kind of like a- Good cop, you know, bad yeah, cop. Yeah, yeah, like that's what it was like. And Gerald yeah. was more like the fun, like, hey, come on, man, you just killed him. You seen all them girls out yeah. there for you? And I was, yeah, yeah let's well, that's, like, that's yeah. good to have equal parts of both of those mm -hmm. elements. And I think it, I was going to mention it anyway because you said those guys had years on you. So yeah. it's, it's always to your benefit to work with a couple of guys, one or two guys that have been in it for decades mm -hmm. and they've mm -hmm. got, they're going to impart some wisdom to you. And you probably needed it at that point in your life because it's one thing to have a strong interest with something yeah, yeah. you could be casually interested in a lot mm -hmm. of things but to turn it into a regimented driven mm -hmm. machine is totally different yeah and yeah. uh you probably picked up a lot of what you needed at that moment before yeah. you got ahead of yourself yeah you know? yeah um what was to what end was this band what were the goals for this band because it sounded like y'all practice a lot were they gigging yeah, we so the the original idea was for us to we're gonna start this cover band and we were gonna go into doing original music. We started doing you know different gigs and stuff, but like I was saying, the first show I ever was that show, but my first live performance in Chicago on a stage yeah. was um at this big blues club called Kingston Mines out in Chicago. First show we ever did was just from somebody. It was a jam session. The guy over the jam session 
big time all over the world international blues guitarist blues man Lindsey alexander who i show so much respect to because he didn't have to let us come up there on his set he was like sure. hey y'all y'all come up here now mind you we in a blues club talking about we about to come here and do prints <laughs> so we like okay you know i'm like me at the time i'm like all right well y'all this what we about to do come on i wasn't really you know some people be like oh man i was kind of nervous i'm like let's do it so I go, we go up here, these people that's waiting, they first off, they trying to figure out, who's this little skinny dude, this big fro, because I had a like, super big fro back then, and they're like, okay, we're going to see, so we do these songs, we hit these print songs, we just start doing all this punk, all I know is these people started standing on tables, and rushing the stage like oh man like it just went berserk <laughs> you woke him up yeah and i was like oh so now you know and i did that was my first time getting a reaction like that yeah so i'm like okay you know i, I was kind of like all right but then i just got to the point like, okay cool once i seen that happen and then the guy he's like y'all come back every sunday start building y'all name up at this jam so we did and then from there you know we started getting more connections to other gigs and stuff like that and to the point where we was like, okay, we were doing something out in the south suburbs. We just was getting books for different things. Only thing that happened was, you know, trying to keep a band together. We were going through different band members sure. to the point where it was like, okay, you know, what's going on? We had a core team that stuck together, but then the core team, you know, kind of started lacking up a little bit. And so it was like, okay, by that time, um, when we were at like 2013 and you know it's personal stuff but i had a child on the way as well so in my own personal life i started like okay my focus went from the band to oh man i gotta get prepared for this baby and then i just kind of stepped back and disappeared from the scene it was like whoosh it just left and i was like in probably 2012 yeah 2012 i left and just stepped back for a long time and I would go out you know by that time it, me and the, um, me and my mentor we had a falling out so I was like you know what fuck this I quit I got a child on the way I ain't got you know I was like and that was the space I was in at the time yeah so you know like it wasn't like a heavy falling out I just was just like done with you know that and I was winning hiding for a minute. Like I was out, we were doing like one of my, and I'll bring that up later in the story, but like one spot we used to go to was called the Underground Wonder Bar in Chicago, which was a, that's a whole nother teaching space I was in. Like I was just ending up in a different teaching space. But before that happened, I was just chilling. Like at home, I started working a job and I just wasn't feeling fulfilled. I was just like, man, I'm, you know, I was just at, at a point where I'm like, I get this money for the baby, I get this money for the child coming. And one of my friends one day, he's like, man, he do, was doing videos and we were roommates at the time. He's like, hey man, I wanna, uh, you wanna come to this video shoot with me? He didn't tell me what it was at all. I go and uh, I'm like, where we at? We get walking to a bar and it's a band playing. I'm like, this mother, you know I'm out of the scene right now. I'm not, like, because around that time, I was somewhat known around Chicago, but as they would call me Little Prince, I didn't have my own name at all. And that was another thing I was dealing with was like my identity as an artist. Sure. Where, you know, you doing covers so good where people are like, man, ain't nobody doing Prince like you. You doing the splits. You singing all these high note ass songs. You, you know, you got this, man, you like, 
you Prince, you little Prince. And I have to keep, you know, my name is Tamari T. You know, and oh, you remind us of Prince. And I'm like, come That's on, man. That's tough for us it to was crawl up kind, out of them, Yeah, man. so it was kind of, you know, I was getting tired of that. So I'm sitting at this spot. And then, no, what really shook me, let me rewind. It was a blues diva named Sharon Lewis. And I love her so, too, as well. Much respect. International blues, Chicago blues legend. She, I got off the stage at Kingston Mines one day, and she was like, I know what you're doing. We know all those songs you're doing, but I want to hear you. And I was like, it was like a gunshot. Shot me. I'm like, oh. Yeah. And I was hurt. And I was like, oh, man. See, I knew. You know, that was just another part of it that has made me just feel like, oh, what am the covers are cool, but I know I got something deeper inside of me that needs to come out. So at that point, roughly, you had three years of yeah. mm -hmm. religiously covering mm -hmm. songs to a T. So yeah. it, it kind of becomes you. Yeah. A shell, yeah. you know, a cloak mm -hmm. of you, I guess. Like I'm know. doing vocal lessons just to learn how to sing a Prince song. Oh, right? <laughs> like yeah. it was it was it was crazy. But I was like in between that, I was messing around with at least trying to find my sound. Like I would go home and I learn how to um, use a computer to like do beats and stuff like that and make these different like tracks. So I'll just I'll play around and just make these drum tracks and stuff like that. But then just put it back in. All right, let me go do this Prince stuff. Let me learn this Prince. Like yeah. I tell people all the time. Now and it's not only just Prince. We did Morris Day in the Time. We did James Brown. We did so much where I got like millions of lyrics in my head somebody's like hey sing this song I'm like, i know it instantly yeah. and so back to the story where he took me to the venue where his band is performing so i'm just in the back and i still used to every time we used to go i still have my trench coach and my shades and i'll be in cut with my own little style and i'm watching this band and i just hear this voice like like you know you can do better than that I'm like, this ain't, you know, I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm not here to judge this show. Like, but the band was really, they were just, just sitting up there, just playing with no emotion, no feeling. Sure. And it was like, you know, you can do better than that. So what you about to do when you go home, you're going to start preparing to get a band together and you're going to call it the company. But with a K, K-U-M-P-A-N-Y. I'm like, okay. So I listened to the voice, went home, wrote it down. And I'm like, the company. And... I just started, you know, remembering everything. Like, okay, I love Prince. I love Parliament Funkadelic. How can I be my own version of that, but in this time? And so I had this vision, just had this big band, but I knew I had to start small. So right back to Craigslist again, starting a band called The Company. You know, I was just like in this thing. I found a guitarist. Need a Barker. Need a Barker yeah. in print mm -hmm. right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I started, I started, I meet this guitarist. And um, he was down for it. I tell him my idea. I'm like, man, I want to. I didn't even have the genre yet. I was like, I just want to do funk, rock, soul. I'm just naming all this shit that I want to do. And yeah. Like, we gonna do some covers, but I'm gonna start adding original music to it as well. So I tell him the band name. He's like, what's the name of? I'm like, uh, the company. So he's like, what if you call it the Electric Company? And I was like, no, that's corny. Cause I'm like, I'm not gonna be that schoolhouse rock. That's how I was thinking. Like, I'm not gonna call my band the Electric Company. So I'm like, I was like, you know what? No, the Electra Company. And he's like, oh man, that's 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 cool. <laughs> and so we, you know, we saw so we started building this thing. So I just started reaching out to people over the years that I met, like different musicians and stuff. Like so, it was like, okay, um, a bass player I met. His name is Sid. He's another one that was like deep in love with like doing Prince and influenced by Prince. Yeah, I met him 
through being at a rehearsal with my first band. He just happened to hear us. It was like, man, y'all in here doing, we was doing Darling Nikki. He's like, man, y'all in here doing my man up in here and y'all sound good. He's like, y'all keep in touch with me. Literally, I know I'm going to be working with this guy. That's how down, it works. Yeah. That's <laughs> how it works. Down the road. So he like, uh, I took him up on that. So when I left that band, and it's like in between time, he, he got hit me up when I started getting back in the scene. He's like, man, where you been at? I'm like, man, I just been trying to get stuff together. He's like, come out to this jam. So I go to this jam with him. He got a group. And I just, you know, do a little stuff with him. I jam and have fun with him at some spot on the south side. Then I tell him, I'm like, hey, I'm going to start this band. I got a guitar player already. I just want you on bass because I know, at least you know, I'm, I'm not about to do Prince, but I know you still know what I need as far as that funk and stuff like sure. that. So he's like, okay, cool. He he joined the band. Um, I forgot how I got in touch with the drummer. I found the drummer. Um, then what else? Okay, we had key. Yeah, okay, drummer. Oh, let me go back to that. When I left the first band, it was a guy named Will in the band. He was percussion. He kind of came in the band a little bit after me. But he told me, like, man, we when everything was getting shaky, he was like, man, if you, he was like, he, it's like he already knew what was going to happen. He like, if you start another band, take me with you, bro. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> I got you. So when I got ready to start this new band, I called him like, hey, man, we finna rehearse at this new spot. Once I got all the pieces, he like, oh, you got a band together? He, I'm like, yeah. So he come up there. You know, we go through the songs. Now, only thing that was going wrong the guitar player, he was cool, but he wasn't fulfilling what I needed. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna bring another guitarist in. I bring this other guy that I met through all the jams and stuff we were doing. His name was Mickey Thomas. He's no longer with us, but he uh, transitioned back in 2018. But um, I asked him, I'm like, hey man, you should come to one of our rehearsals and you know, you wanna join the band with us? He's like, man, sure. He, I've been waiting to perform with you. So I tell him my ideas and everything. So we just started building this thing. Instead of, now I started branching out. Instead of doing like Prince covers, I'm like, I love Jimi Hendrix. Let's do Jimi Hendrix. I love mm -hmm. Foxy Lady. We So we just started doing that. I started doing more Parliament Funkadelic stuff and like songs people ain't heard by them and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I was like, hey, y'all, I got this original music too. So those times when I was like, took a break, I was like working on my craft, trying to figure out this sound. So I brought these songs to them. They're like, all right, cool. And um, yeah, we just started. That just it started forming. The original guitarist I had, he ended up him and the, the new guitarist I brought in didn't jail right. So he started getting angry and about it. So I was like, man, that's not the energy I want. But I really do like his how he plays. So we gotta go. <laughs> you know, Mickey ended up taking the spot. So it was me, Mickey, said Big Wheel, and um, why do I? can't get this dude, the drummer that was in the band with us. I can't get his name, he's a cool dude. But um, it was we started this thing and I think our first show we did was at the spot I, I mentioned, the Underground Wonder Bar. And this by this time it was 2013. So I'm like, all right, y'all, I need everybody. I just was slowly putting my vision in place. I'm like, first, I need everybody to come dressed. I need y'all, uh, I know y'all older than me. I'm young as ever. I'm in my, about this time in my 20s. I'm like, I'm older. Um, uh, I need y'all to come in that Parliament Funkadelic style, wear some glittery stuff. Yeah. So, you know, then at first they're like, man, we ain't gonna go all out, but we gonna, we gonna do it. So they came. Um, 
I set the the whole bar. By this time, the bar knew me because we won a talent. My first band won a talent show there and everything like that. So I was able to just even ask them, like, hey, can I do a show here with my new band? And they're like, okay, we're going to give you a shot to see what y'all do. So I just went all out. I'm like, let's go get a fog machine. Let's go get all these <laughs> LED lights because yeah. I'm going to bring this bring sure. this to life. And to the I atmosphere. went and changed my whole, like, I would be went off my first band. I would, I had a cool dress style. Like, I'd be dressed up and stuff like that. I had, like, you know, little fedoras and suits. I just changed it all up. I'm like, now it's time to get into what I really fully want to express myself. So I went and bought this uh, silver uh, jumpsuit. Went out on stage, and I, I had a background singer, Julie, at the time. So I'm like, all right, y'all, let's do this. We went out and did that show, and people was like, man, what is going on? Like, we just went all out and did it. And from there, that was the beginning of what started Tamari T and the Electric Company. All right then, I went on. You know, you got probably questions to ask me, sure, but I just sure. had to get you right there. And that's yeah, right. yeah. You, um, I wanted to back it up a little bit yeah. because when, when, I guess you just reached a, a point of frustration in your life, and that's mm -hmm. why you stepped out of the scene momentarily. And a lot of musicians do that, and most of them mm -hmm. always come back yeah. because you know yeah. that guitar is still sitting in a closet, knocking yeah. every day. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and um, but so up until that point, did you feel like that was your whole life? And then when it didn't seem to work out. How did you know what to switch to, or did you? Did you just I, say to yourself, I gotta get money? That's all I, I know. Yeah, that's where I was at. I just, it was even, that was a whack period in my life because I was working jobs and just to go from being praised and like, oh man, you're so great, and oh, you yeah. know, to a number. how people treat you when you behind working a job. And I'm like, I was experiencing like these customers that come in with these snotty ass attitudes. I'm like, man, if I was performing, he probably wouldn't even be acting like that towards me. And so it was just like this, I sometimes you want to just reach over the counter, like, what are you talking to where I'm like, okay, you know, so I had to really, it was a lot of like shit that I really just, that made me, I didn't know how to feel about that. Like, I'm like, I just came off of doing big stages and doing different gigs with them. And that, like, that was my life. That's how I made money was performing. I didn't even get in. I tried, like in teenage years, I tried to do the nine to five stuff. It never worked. I never got hired. But when I got into the music, that's when I first started getting paid and, you know, doing my thing. So just to take that break and get into that was like weird for me. Cause I'm like, okay, I got to wear these uniforms. I ain't really, well, while well, I was working at Chipotle. Yeah. So I was like, I got to do all this shit. And it just took, and even to the point where well, I was like even that time I was working there. Sometimes I would go out on the weekend. I would go to the spot, the Underground Wonder Bar I mentioned. I would go out there just to you know show my face, and they'd be like, "Oh snap, you out here!" And then I'd disappear again for a long time. Yeah. I would just do it every now and then, until one day, um, I was like, "I'm a." Uh, it was two things to happen. The manager was like, "We need somebody to work." Uh, this shift tonight, and I was already planning to go out um, to the Wonder Bar that night. Like, we need somebody to work the shift. And one of the coworkers was like, Tamari can do it. He ain't doing shit. I'm like, oh. and I'm like, you just, because cause I did music, so he just felt like I wasn't doing nothing. I'm like, okay. I'm like, and I checked him later, but I was like, okay, I see that's how people feel when you following your dream, following your craft. They feel like, oh, you, 
you're not doing nothing because you're not doing a typical thing that everybody's doing. There's a know? saying, man. If you want to kill a big idea, explain it to small minds. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm like, you know, that was the first thing. The second thing was we get super busy one day in the restaurant. And I'm back there like, you know, I'm trying my best you know keep up with because i'm like i'm not in this job for this i just wasn't right it was a means to it yeah so one girl just come got an attitude and tell me like just pointed like i was just some type of dog i'm like get down there i'm like oh so that was like the last straw i'm like you know what i'm done and i sat there that night and i, I mean I, said, I finished the rest of that i left i'm like all right y'all i'll see y'all later i went down to uh the wonder bar that night and i had a good friend of mine hannah luce she uh her dad's like a big time pastor but i met her at the bar and we were talking and i'm like man i just don't know if i can keep going she's like why you keep going there what, what are you doing you got all this talent you wasting your time you just need to stop not stop doing it you're gonna be taken care of if you get back into what you need to get back into and then i was like you know what so that was when i was like i quit the job i just text the manager like enough he's like what, what do you mean enough I'm like i'm done <laughs> he was like, that's how you gonna do me? I'm like, yeah, because I'm like, because we was cool. The manager would come hang out at our house and stuff. Yeah, so I, I had to let him know, like, man, I'm not, I'm not invested in Chipotle like you are at the time. And that actually inspired him to get out of there, too. A lot, a lot of people, because they saw, like, man, he really is into his art. And he just, like, I'm not finna do this no more. So I quit. And that's when that little situation with starting sure. the band started. And I just went. Went to the first bar that was open and let me do my thing. Yeah. You know? Did you did you feel like um, when you had to switch gears real fast, did you feel like, I guess, a regular job and a regular lifestyle was a threat to who you were before that moment? Because parts of you kind of disappear beneath the demands of regular day society. Yeah, it was it was really it was, like I said, it was tough for me. I was fighting, getting myself not falling into like a slum and be like, oh man, I can't believe I'm doing sure. this. Like so, one the way I was coping was still going home and working on. Like I said, it's some stuff I missed out on with these stories, but I would go home and still work on my craft. Yeah. watch videos and yeah. still keep myself inspired some way like all right let me watch this hour concert video earth wind and fire or this hour parliament funkadelic concert or something like that or i would like go to the bar to open jam just to keep myself you know uplifted but then still having to go back after i just came off the stage if i did go to open mic do a little something by myself without the band because that was another thing i wasn't used to performing with other musicians so being able to be like all right i'm not in that band almost so now i can branch out and meet new people was like a whole nother thing for me too where i ended up in that when i got back into i think uh it has to be 2016 about 2016 i was able to go to the the blues fest and do something it was it was a lot that i was happy like okay let me branch out and start just doing stuff and yeah it's encouraging yeah, anyway trying to find my i was really just trying to find my tribe again like okay if i'm not with this band no more me and the uh guitarist my mentor from the first band we you know we got back cool he understood like all right this young man is on his own path like he had, i knew he was kind of you know upset about it at first too but then eventually he ended up seeing like you know he did his part with me with was 
just show me the ropes, show me what I need to do. Yeah. So it was just time for me, like, let the bird free. I, you know, went through a little obstacle first, but once I got my band started and we, you know, I was picking up, learning whatever he taught me to run this band, it was cool. And then working with older musicians, they already kind of know what it is. So I think all of that, because I wanted to back way up for a second mm -hmm. and ask you, some of the artists that you named that you were listening to at that time, I mean, some of their names were still in the wind, like Prince and mm -hmm. all, but yeah. a lot of them were largely unfamiliar to people in your age group mm -hmm. at that time. Yeah. So you picked up on, uh, I guess, influences from the older people in your family, what they were listening to, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you kind of heeded your, like you said, your grandmother kept all y'all in line, so I mean, you had respect uh, for older generations mm -hmm. and things of that nature. I think that uh, that's uncommon and I think it's missing in a lot of people mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's one thing to forge your own path, but if, yeah. you've, if you have no idea where you came from or you know who laid down the steps before you, then yeah. there's no telling if you're gonna <laughs> fall off a ledge or, yeah. or build your own house, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that was instrumental too, because you you listened to those those guys with uh, years on you, mm -hmm. the founding mm -hmm. members of that first band. Um, did it have an influence on what you were doing moving forward sonically? Because up until this point, you're going on what people are laying out in front of you. Mm -hmm. You might resonate with some things or being drawn towards some of the things and, and leaving some things, mm -hmm. but. Mm -hmm. This is all pre-written. This is all. This is history books. This is not, you know, new discoveries, mm -hmm, so to mm -hmm, speak. Mm -hmm. So to find yourself is one thing, but to compound that with trying to find a new sound for mm -hmm. yourself with people that you don't really—some of them you did know, some of yeah, them you didn't—forming yeah, your own yeah. band. So I mean, it, it's shaky ground to say the yeah. least. How yeah. do you how do you move forward? Um, uh, in an audio realm, like what, what do you think that you're going for? Because you, you, you're gonna say, I, I like Parliament Funkadelic, but I don't wanna be him. Yeah. I like yeah. Prince, but I don't wanna be him. I like Michael Jackson, I don't wanna be him. I mm -hmm. like Santana, I don't wanna be him. So there's a bunch of, mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know, but not that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, everybody knows what they yeah. don't like, but they yeah. can't tell you where they're going. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So how do you do that? Do you sit with the new band and say, you know, we need some leads or what? You saw what, what I was, I was, what I was doing at the time was, uh, like I was saying, I was listening to this stuff, but then I was like learning how to use, um, it was like a, uh, what was it, studio program or something, like just like MIDI keyboard. Sure. I was learning how to put whatever I had in my head out. So, like I was saying, I would just make these drum patterns at first, like just these different drum patterns. Then I learned how to do the bass. Mm -hmm. So when I finally bought it to the band, I'm like, hey, y'all, check this out. At first, you know, they'll listen to it. It sounded like some, it sounded like garbage. Cause it's it was like me on it, yeah. So yeah, I'm but like, it's a bone. I bring it to the band once they start putting their feel on it in their life. And they're like, this is cool, like the guitar player, Mickey, he would be like, all right, how you like this? You know, it got, it got a Prince style, but it ain't Prince, though, it's me doing it. Sure. Know, like, okay, cool, we can add that in there. So, like I was saying, I used to say, all right, we do funk, we do rock, we do this, we do that. Like, we'll start our show off with cover songs. Then we'll go into doing the rest of the set to be all my original music that I had bought to the band. Mm -hmm. So... One day we do we by this time Wonder Bar was letting me you know consistently every month build okay. my show so I, every every month I would come like with more 
wild dressed up more lights all type of stuff and they like man this dude just every time they knew i was gonna bring a experience with all this stuff sure so one day we did it in the basement because it was a two-level club and i had a dj this time i had two background singers slash dancers with me at the time too right we just started developing more and more i'm still at this space where i did not know like this is probably Hmm, uh, I think probably 20, a year or so had passed. I still was just saying we were doing all these genres. One of my mentors, vocal coach, he actually was like, man, you say you do all these genres. No, 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 you know what? Actually, he said this to the first band because that's where we kind of was at with the first band. It was like, we do everything. And he was like, man, y'all need to find one thing that y'all do. Y'all can't say y'all do everything. Yeah. You know? So I, that's, I was kind of like picking up on that habit with my new band. So it just took a DJ from hearing my original music, DJ Panama Spins. He hear my original music and we took a break. And I, he was like, man, y'all sound is exotic. Y'all sound, he just kept saying, it. he like, y'all sound is exotic. It's exotic. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there I'm like, exotic funk. And it like, like and I'm like, oh. And from there, I just like, all right, y'all, we're going to start. I started not doing that many cover songs. I started yeah. adding more original music because once I got that, once I got what, it, putting those two together, I'm like, okay, I got my dress, my style. I got the way I present the show. Okay, yeah, he's saying it's exotic. Like, man, it's something, it's exotic means unique, weird, different. Sure. I'm like, okay, so if I put exotic in front of funk, which funk is a feeling, funk is like, it's something different. I really don't even like calling it a genre because it's really a feeling. I'm not talking about the, you know, what you would call the update, new age, Bruno Mars type funk. That's, right. that's I'm not even going to talk, discuss that. Thanks. No shade. Thanks. But, <laughs> but that's not what funk is. Yeah. So I took that energy, took what exotic was, mashed it together, and all of a sudden I was just tuning in to when I would get at my computer, all of a sudden, all this like it was like a spiritual thing. All these different, I would hear these different sounds. I would sometimes hear the lyrics to the songs, and I'd be like, okay, why yeah. don't any little piece, mm -hmm. any little thing, and just get it arrange out. it. And yeah. the band was like, man, you just coming up with these, you know, different songs, and like it just got to a point. Now I'm still with the same. We probably went through different members, but the same core was there, which was me, Mickey, Sed, and Big Will, the yeah. percussionist. So we still was like the core of that band. And uh, as time went on, it was just like, that's, you know, when I discovered, like, okay, now I got the sound. Now the problem was <laughs> um, I was wanting to do more things. Like, I wanted to expand the band bigger. And, you know, some musicians in the core were like, man, you got to do, you know, everybody had their own feelings towards it, but I seen my vision. So it just got to the point where, um, let me see, I'm trying to see when, I, when did I start, like, Add members. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was probably, unless you got some questions before I get to that point, because we. I'm always having questions yeah. when I come here to do, man. I hope <laughs> I got questions. Um, not not so much. I wanted to point out though, when people speak about hip hop, mm -hmm. and you know, hip hop versus rap, and what is this and what is that, uh, that there's something that gets lost in the vernacular because it's kind of from a bygone era, but. Mm -hmm. The, the 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 true the purest will tell you that hip hop is not a genre. It's a it's comprised of elements and mm -hmm. it's a way of life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's 
kind of analogous to what you were saying about funk. Mm -hmm. It's comprised mm -hmm. of elements and it's a way of life. Mm -hmm. And like hip hop includes MC and, and uh, turntablism and, and uh, break dance and all these elements, graffiti. Mm -hmm. Funk to you was comprised of the, the look, the show mm -hmm. production, the, the, the attitude. Mm -hmm. um, the music was part of it, just mm -hmm. one part of the, mm -hmm. the element, you know? So I think that's, um, I don't know, that's something new. That's something yeah. new for people to consider. Yeah. yeah, I really hate talking about genres and I hate asking yeah. musicians what genre are you because mm -hmm. it's like, hey, do me a favor and put yourself in one or two or three of these pigeonholes for me so everybody, it computes in everybody's mind. Yeah. It's just not fair. Yeah. Because there are a lot of genres or there are a lot of people out there, probably like yourself too, that, that want to be exploratory. Mm -hmm. And how do you do that if you say exploratory country? Well, what the hell does that mean? You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. that's, you're trying to resonate with people by putting yourself in a genre name and they're mm -hmm. not gonna know what the hell you're talking yeah. about, exploratory country or <laughs> R&B or something like that, you know, so. But I appreciate yeah. the idea that um, to you, it, it was much more. Mm -hmm. And also the struggle because to you and with that perspective you realized you had several voids to fill yeah it, it was a lot it was actually a lot and then i, I do want to make sure i mention because i like i said some parts of the story i'm missing out because it's so much that was happening like sure. even in those the times between when me and my band would perform yeah i started working at the underground wonder bar as like the music so really the owner lonnie walker she was like the owner of the spice and a lady that she everybody said they remind her of janice joplin she reminded them of janice joplin which she had the long white hair everything mm -hmm. she, used to, she used to cover janice joplin i ended up um now she had the name i was just about to say it was a badass band the name of the band was lonnie walken the badass company band mm -hmm. i appreciate her so much because she opened the doors for me where she was like all right you can do your thing here but she asked me one day, like, hey, you wanna you wanna join the band and play, you know, percussion and she seen what I do and she was like, You wanna join and do this and I'll let you come up and do a little something. Now, with her musicians, all her musicians were like legendary musicians where you like you don't hear you hear about the Shaka Khans, the Curtis Mayfields and all that, but you don't hear about the musicians. Every musician in her band, either they didn't uh like, okay, for instance, Herb Walker famous good like he used to tell me so many stories about what he used to like playing with curtis mayfield yeah. james brown all these different artists growing up and even being in paris and living in castles and like all the stuff he did as a musician back in the day then you got kevin patrick who would tell me about his days with like working with stevie wonder working with bob marley and them all that type of stuff then the person that i just me and him just locked in so well was smoking joe thomas reason me and him locked in because when he first met me he met me with my first band they all met me with my first band but when i came back alone he's like good now i can work with you more too he used to work with parliament funkadelic he used to work with uh, uh what is the guy named play drums with jimmy henry buddy miles he used to work with him all type of different people he used to travel the world with buddy miles and all yeah. that and he saw me and was like, man, you ancient. You've been here before. So I'm going to teach you whatever I can teach you as a musician. So I was just, we working with her Monday through Sunday. I got back. I, I didn't have to go work no job no more. I'm like, okay, good. I'm back in my motion. But now I'm in a different environment while I'm working in a bar 
and I was getting being exposed to a lot of stuff, like, yeah. like heavy. But I'm working in this bar now as a musician and just meeting out. Cause Wonder Bar was like a prime place. People would come from all over the world to come to this spot. And then when they see me, it got to the point I would have people from California coming all the way down there like, oh man, we came to see you perform and blah, blah. To the point it did kind of get where um, me and the owner, we had our, used to have our differences sometimes, but I could tell sometimes she would be like, man, because people would call in like, hey, is Tamari T performing tonight? This really is her show, which she still opened the stage for me to do my thing. So yeah. it was still cool to, you know, still, like I said, I love that she opened the stage for me. Then we had her and we had uh, Ray Bean. He another one he used to play. But I learned a lot of percussion stuff from him more to enhance my whole musical endeavors so the whole band in general and all the musicians that were up there but the person who brought me into the wonder bar her name was lorna boston big time jazz singer all of that she saw me perform and i was younger then when i came in there and met her she's uh -huh. like come on in as long as you don't drink whatever you know get up on stage they see when i was with my first band i did the print stuff she's like oh that boy bad you come back every tuesday i wasn't able to come back every tuesday but when i finally was alone I came back, so she's like, okay, I see you came back. So they all like greeted me with open arms and it's so many musicians that I met up there that, you know, this place was like, it was the spot. Like everybody would come up there. I met, um, it's a big time guy named George Daniels. I, I got a story about him too that changed my life too. Him, I met him, um, a guy from Naughty by Nature. MC Hammer came up there before, but I missed him just by like five minutes. And they were talking like, man, y'all could have did a dance contest, but I mean, dance competition, I missed him. I was mad about that. But it was just like this this place downtown in Chicago where we were like the only play, like we want to call it urban, whatever you want to call it, where it was just high class ass place around stuck up people would come in there. And we'd be up there just, you know, doing our stuff, funk, soul, everything. That yeah. Some people would be in there just let loose. Some people would leave out, like, oh, we thought this was a jazz spot. Well, take your ass on. You don't need to be in here. <laughs> it was a spot that cultivated everything, reggae, soul. It was just a place full of, like, life and family. And so I fell right in with that. Yeah. And it was just, like, I was able to do my music and learn from all of these great artists, like, Another keyboard player, Vince Willis. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, everybody. Normally in the middle of podcasts, they give you a bunch of advertisements. But on the NewOrleansMusicians.com podcast, we like to shout out our members. Today we've got a band out of New Orleans by the name of Chicken on the Bone. They're a country, blues, funk, and rock and roll band, and I gotta say, they're tight, and they will keep the crowd moving. They're performed from Vegas to Georgia, and they have crossed the Mason-Dixon, but they made it back safe to be able to frequent performances mainly in the Gulf South. These days, you can catch them every Tuesday at the beach on Bourbon at 8. Their next single will drop on Valentine's Day just after midnight. These guys are on all the popular streaming platforms, and FYI, they have made this track available for pre-order. So go snag that new single. You can find them on Facebook and other social platforms by their name, and of course, on NewOrleansMusicians.com. They've got eight tracks uploaded there, as a matter of fact. Here's a recent single by the name of Are You Ready? Check, Check it out. out. Check it out.
And now back to our show. All right, so to put us back in place where we were, Wonder Bar. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're at the Wonder Bar. You're working there. You're working there, bartending. You said? Uh, no, uh, as uh, in the house band. Then uh, I it was up, strictly on stage. I thought mm-hmm. you were doing a little bit. Oh uh, well, yeah, I was about to. I started doing booking too, like being a talent manager out there. Okay. That happened randomly because I, me and like I said, me and the owner, we got. You know, so cool, and it's funny because our birthdays are like two days apart. So sometimes we had this, you know, loving relationship with each other where I can be able to talk to her, you know. And then sometimes we like, we did not see eye to eye, so it would be like certain stuff. I'm like, okay, I don't know if I want to deal with it. But I was able to keep moving forward with it. She ended up one day like, man, I had a dream that you were doing booking for for the club. I'm like, what? So she's like, do you want the position is open if you want to do it? I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I never did no type of booking shows. So I'm like, I'll do it. And I learned right then and there. I had to get hands-on experience. She showed me how the calendar set up, how to reach out to bands. So that was like one thing that kind of started pushing me up in like Chicago, the Chicago scene. Like when I started being a booking agent, I started getting in tune with all these different well, let me re- rewind that because, like I said, my first band, I already kind of was known in the city by, like, younger artists and stuff, too. But the younger artists was kind of looking at me like, oh, that's 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 the godfather right there. So I'd come around and they'd be like, oh, man. So when I got that opportunity to start booking a club, I'm like, hey, call people I knew that had bands or if they were, like, doing hip-hop stuff like that or a DJ, i we had the downstairs basement. Mm-hmm. So I just started opening up the club to like having my energy there as a younger guy coming in as a book okay. agent. I was able to bring a diverse crowd to the space. I was able to bring a younger crowd. And it was just like opening up more opportunities for the whole space. So then just even with me, I started knowing a lot of different people. And then they, like, even if it was a band, I was just trying to, I gave one thing like what I noticed with a lot of booking agents is you know, they kind of got this like attitude of, oh, you, we don't think that's not gonna work for the crowd. It, you like, you don't know until you give it a try. And I've had, I used to give everybody a chance, unless it was just something that's totally whack. And I'd be like, no, you're gonna need to go practice on that first. But I will always open my door to be like, hey, okay, everybody else denied you for your show, come do it here. Oh, you, you need you a new band? All right, I'll give you a chance. I can put you at an 8 to 10 slot on Wednesday. I knew how to still work it. And everybody like everybody be like, man, you like the easiest booking agent to work with. I'm like, because I know the musician side and I know how it feels to try to do something. And people trying to tell you not good enough to play at their club. So I'm going to make this. I got the opportunity to do it. So being there from, I was there from 2013 to 2017 and that was what I was doing before it closed down in 2017 but I was doing booking I was um working with the house band not only her band like I was there from Monday (laughs) to Sunday if I wasn't playing with her sounds like it yeah well I wasn't playing with her I was playing with a a reggae band or playing with somebody it was just always something going on that I was a part of or when my band did something so I was still able to build our name up then the fact that it was a 5 a.m. club was just a, we used to be in there. Like that that was, like I said, I have some stories I can't even tell on, you know, <laughs> the interview because it was just so much going on, me being young in that scene. And, you know, spending a couple of years there, it was like, you know, I, got, I was able to learn different things. Well, okay, I had people, you know, approaching me about trying to, um, 
give me money and uh, invest in what I was doing, but they wanted me to, he was like, man, I want to produce your music. I see what you're doing. Like, sometimes I feel like it's a slap in the face for somebody to come and tell me, oh, you're doing great on stage, but I got some music that's going to take you over. And so this guy come with this whole deal, like he want to invest in some, uh, by this time I was working with, still with my band doing my exotic yeah. funk thing. So he come in like, man, I can do this and get you in the industry and blah, blah, blah. I just, I'm just gonna need to update your sound so you can give us that more Bruno Mars sound. And Ooh, when he said, and I don't mean <laughs> to keep mentioning this guy, yeah. but that just kind of like, cause at the time that was what people was calling funk. And I was like, it's, yeah. no, that's pop or something else. That's yeah. not, what we did not this. Preach. And so it was just like, man, you know, and it was doing what it was doing in, over in the world, but it was just like, I know what that real sound is. I know what actually hitting on the one and bringing that people together through music is. Not trying to just this popish, popular music sound and stuff. Like, no, uh, you gonna hear the bass and vibrations in my music. So, just having somebody, that happened to me two times. Like, somebody come and trying to offer me all this money and I'm like, I don't, I don't wanna do that because I'm not gonna sell myself out. You hear a lot about a lot of artists, they get the money like I, the thing is, I come from the hood. I come from a neighborhood that was like, you know, I'm not so just somebody offering you this big money. A lot of artists be like, oh man, I'll take it, and you can yeah. have me anywhere. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm gonna stick. If I gotta fight the fight to just keep being my original self, that's what my whole thing was. From so from there, I was able to keep building myself up, keep building my craft till, like when I got over into like dealing with younger artists. I was able to be able to, it'd be so funny because I would see people, I'm like, dang, they're going to be in my band, my new, improved version of the band. Because I started, it kind of started getting to the point where I was like, okay, it's cool to work with older guys, but I started thinking about the look of it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, it's me. And you know, not saying the older guys weren't cool, but. So I got to have some sort of Yeah, I want to bring more women to the, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> to the, you know, like, so it was just kind of like, okay, I appreciate the experience, but it was kind of getting, like, to the point I knew I had more that I wanted to do. I knew I wanted the whole band to be dancing and us doing the whole thing. And I know with all the guys, they like, man, we kind of did that. You're going, oh, you finna get out of us. It's probably a rock. We're not about to be everybody turning. So I'm like, okay, I got to figure out which they understood later on when I finally presented to them and slowly stuff just started transitioning where um like Mickey he ended up he the guitar player he ended up you know going off on his own thing for a little while so a lot man it's like see I'm trying to figure out where you put this story because a lot just like happened in that time like by the time the club closed is when my band started like kind of forming but like even some of the musicians that's in the group now they met me at that bar and yeah. i would see them like okay the one i was telling y'all i mentioned oni the bass player probably this was i'm gonna skip a little to like 2017 because this is when the bar was getting ready to close and we were like trying to you know keep it open and everything like that i booked him he ended up playing with a band i booked up there and he tall guy long locks he played bass First time I seen him, I'm like, man, it was just something like, hey, you need to talk to him. So me, you know, I don't, I, I used to be very mysterious in the cut. So I, I came up to him and started talking to him. And I, I could feel he was kind of like, man, what's dude? You know, he was kind of standoffish too. So like two people that's kind of like, sure. don't talk. So I went back. 
around this time, I was, you know, I don't think it was a hardship, but other people might look at it. I don't never even call myself homeless. I was living in a rehearsal studio that I found that somebody was like, hey, man, let's pay me $100 a month and you and your band can rehearse in the studio 24 hours. I'm like, cool. Literally, he didn't know I was about to move in. You know? <laughs> but I'm like, cool, you just helped me space. <laughs> I'm like, you just helped me out. So I moved all, like, I got rid of a lot of stuff, but I just took all my music stuff, my clothes and stuff, and I was living in this rehearsal spot. And that's where I still was going back to the club. The club, now by this time, the club was right down the street from this rehearsal space. So I would just have to take one bus and get there. And that moment in my life, I feel like that happened on purpose because I was able to cultivate, like this this place was like, it was a little bigger than this room. They have no windows. It was just me in there, big enough for a band to fit in there. My speaker and my music and my computer. And I was able to just start cultivating the sound even more. I started just taking the exotic funk thing and just, I used to stay in there for days. I would not come out. People like people be calling me like, man, what you doing? I'm like, I'm here making music. They were like, man, you need to come. I had like girlfriends at the time, like, you should come on outside and blah blah. Like, I go outside, be daylight. I'm like, oh, like, let me go back in here and go make some more music. Yeah. So just this moment where even we, the band still was rehearsing. They'll come and they didn't know I was living in there like that though. Like, uh, they'll come out set. Well, I wasn't really a messy person, so they'll come, but I still make it look like it was this rehearsal spot. workspace. Yeah, and so it was just to the point I'm asleep one day and I used to have so many dreams in that space. So it was like, not only was this like music, it was like a whole spiritual thing. And I dreamed about the bass player and I seen me and him on the stage playing. I'm like, oh, it's that same dude I keep running into. So I'm like, next time I see him, I'm just gonna go at it on him and just tell him like, hey, you supposed to be playing in my band. So well, I seen him one, again, I was selling jewelry too at the time too. I'm sitting in the back. Cause I, yeah, that was nothing. I was booking, selling jewelry, and playing in the house bands. I'm sitting in the back, just chilling. He walk in again, playing with a band. I'm like, hey, hey. He like, yeah, what's up? I'm like, man, you gonna be playing in my band? Cause I had a dream about you playing. He was looking at me like, he was like, man, you don't get away from me. Like, and then, so, and uh, you know, it was just like, it was funny. Like we, I was kind of trying to open up to him and talk to him about it, but he, he was in his space at the time where he still was figuring out himself too. Yeah. So it took a minute before me and him actually locked in with each other, but it took some spiritual stuff with him to happen that made him be like, oh, okay, I do supposed to be with this guy. Cause he was working with, you know, he was working with like um, Chance the Rapper and all of them working with another band. He was in that type of scene but he wasn't feeling fulfilled and that he still was trying to figure out his identity as a sure. musician as well. Yeah. So around that time, <clears throat> once I still was working with the same bass player, said, um, and Will, the percussionist, Mickey, like I said, he was in and out. And I, I went through a lot of different drummers. That was one thing with drummers. We just did not have a, we had some drummers, but it was just like, it was just so many different changes. You know how with a band, you're going to go through different Yeah, there's a constant rotating roster. You said something earlier about the fact that, um, I guess towards the end when the, the club was about to close, that that's when the band really started to come together. But, I mean, I'm not so sure. I think you still had kind of a, a rotating yeah. roster, but I think it in your mind it came together yeah. more because you were living it 24-7 mm -hmm. at that point. <laughs> yeah. You were right down the street from the club. Mm -hmm. That's all you did, and you stayed at that 
that rehearsal space mm -hmm. and went and made music and then went to the club and performed and it was just a constant cycle so mm -hmm. i think maybe in your mind the band what it was supposed to be the vision was coming together yeah and, and um especially being a let me mention that too because I, I totally forgot that because it was other shows i did outside of that spot like we did the house of blues um with my first, not the first band, but my first version of the Electric Company, we did the House of Blues. So we were kind of known in the city already. Was sure. Oh, they did the House of Blues. That's the dude who jumped off the stage and into a split right there. Like, that's what it was getting where people started knowing me more. But I still knew, like you were saying, my it was it was rotating till I finally got to the point where I did. Um, it was, I would start meeting, not meeting, but it's like people I knew as far as in the like younger artist scene, my spirit would be like, hey, they gonna sing with you. Yeah. That's gonna be your dancer. That's gonna be your guitar player. And I would reach out to them to the point, then it was just me, said and Will, and we'd meet all these younger musicians, bring them in, we'd teach them what we got going on. They already looked up to me like, okay, we know not to come bullshit because we is we with Tamari T right now. So I had set myself up to where different people respected what I did. And then I had, like I said, I had to run a tight ship. If he wasn't working right, all right, you gone. You out. Like and so it was like then I had some people kind of scared of me, like, man, this dude, if I messed up, he gonna kick us out the band. And I and I that's cause that's where I was at at the time. Like I seen That's my okay, vision. you set the yeah. bar. But that's funny because how ironic at that point you kind of assumed the role of the people that were mentors in your life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you took a lot with you from your past and, and used it to push forward. And I yeah. think that's a powerful thing. Um, what year did that uh, the club cl uh, close down? 2017. All right. And year. so, uh, I mean, did you feel like half your world was gone at that point? I mean, how did that impact Man, you? Man, that, when that happened, so I, I, it, and I, to this day, I still think about it because I was like, like I told you, the years I was there and so many experiences, I had the fun stuff, the bad stuff, the wild, going to after party stuff. The, we were like family there, going like even after the club closed, we would all be in the basement, you know, doing our things and laughing and having a good time, eating pizza, just doing different, eating pizza at five in the morning, wow. Anyway, because to us, we were just on this whole other like thing right at the moment. We was like just in this space. It was kind of like a portal. We like, you could be a, I met, musicians that would like younger they'll come in there and next thing you know they'll be working in the bar and they'll be trapped in not trapped but like into this thing pulled, pulled into, into this thing. Yeah. yeah yeah and so it was just like <clears throat> after when it closed down i couldn't even i came to like the last uh day of the the last curtain call but i left early I didn't even perform. I was just like, all right, because I couldn't even take that. Everybody was crying and there's all these people. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to go back to my studio. So I just went and shut down, not shut down my whole thing. I just went and started just focusing on, all right, what am I going to do now? Because now I don't have a yeah. base place where I can tell people, hey, y'all, come see me here. But around that time, that was just another transition for me to be like, all right, 2017, club closed. All right, it was a year off, a little, I think it closed. Oh, you know what, let me not skip that. It closed in, um, like, let me see, October or August, one of those, around that time. I did a show, I planned to move to Cincinnati. This was like a little distraction side off thing that I did and was just like foolish for, but I had to, you know, learn my lesson. 
I go, I do my last show in 2017, I tell the band, by this time I got like a new guitar player, I got keyboards, got a horn player, I, I, by this time I had other musicians that I was working with. Um, then I'm, I was like, alright y'all, we're going to do one more show and I'm going to see what Cincinnati is like, because I went out there to visit one time and... I'm actually doing a, a dance. This is some other stuff I was doing on the side, like working for a dance company, doing video and stuff. Mm -hmm. And we went on tour, and I went to Cincinnati. I had a whole spiritual experience there. I probably was just too deep in just, I went to a club and saw like, oh, this band is hitting. I need to come out here. I'm going to move here because it's like they deep into their live music. I was looking for a spot that was like deep into their live music. As soon as I get out there, I'm living out there for a little bit. This place I'm staying at, he like, oh yeah, man. So I'm gonna decide. I'm, I don't think I'm gonna do this on a monthly basis no more. And I'm like, are you serious? And so I'm like, okay. So now I have to go back to Chicago. Gotta go back to the studio that I was living in. So it was kind of like whack to have to do that. But I come back, you know, online and did this whole big going away party and <laughs> like it was just, <laughs> just so yeah. So I just hid for a little little second. I came back to town. Then when I finally felt like, all right, I'm going to pop up at people's show. And then, you know, I faced the funk. I was like, yeah, y'all, I thought I was leaving. Well, I'm yeah. back. You know, so that happened. Time go on. I still was being consistent with my band. I meet uh, people I was mentoring. I meet uh, a young lady I started working with. She ended up joining the band as a dancer. By this time, when I came back, I got the band back together. So I had bass, which was said, same bass player, Will. Um, this guy named Cliff on drums. <laughs> I had two twin um, percussionists, Jess and uh, oh man, oh, why, why did I forget her name? Well, I had two twins that were percussionists. Mm -hmm. um, keyboard, saxophone, trumpet, trombone. Yeah, that's what I had going on at the time. So it was kind of a big band. We yeah. already we got. I was already like moving in that direction. So. They like some of the members like man you kind of you know by that time like I said Mickey wasn't in the band no more he you know was doing his own thing I had this other guy younger guy who was in the blues saying his name was Mike I had a dream about him as well so I told him hey you coming in the band he he was ready he was like all right come on he was consistent when he got until he started falling off too so by that time we were doing. When I came back to town, we started getting like known quick. People were booking us for festivals and different stuff in Chicago. Yeah. And lo and behold, one of the guys I used to work at the Wonder Bar with, his name is Pat. He um, he was like, man, I got this space up north. They got a whole club upstairs. I'm trying to turn it into the new Wonder Bar, but don't seem like nobody want to do nothing with it. So I'm like reaching out to you since you did booking. You want to come look at it? First, I'm like, oh, I don't know about this. So I'm like, all right, let me come see it. Come to this spot. It's above a pizza parlor um, called Rinaldi's. It's a big space. Got a big stage. It just looks cool up there. So I told him, like, all right, you got a name for it? He's like, no. I'm like, all right, I'm going to name this spot. Let me take over it. I'll do the booking. You just handle the bar stuff. I handle all. I make the aesthetics of the place. So I get this this venue space. I just go in. I get artists I knew that I met over the years to put up their painting. 
I get a big old disco ball. Get there we go. Lights. I just, just started doing this, <clears throat> making this whole little it's gotta work studio with a disco 54. Ball, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I start making this big studio 54 space. I just like go nice. in. Was and, it a large space? Yeah, it was like. I would say it was a medium size. It was like it was you had this big stage and then you had like the bar was right right um where you walk back the bar was right there the yeah. bathroom. It, it was big enough to fit a lot of people up there. Yeah. So we just started doing these events up there and it, it was very short lived because the guy that I was partnering with, he just I ain't gonna put his business out there, but he just fucked up a good thing. So the bar the place was open from April to June, That's quick. we had a good run, but like people, it was getting known quick. Cause people were like, man, you got this space looking like everybody wanted to get in the spot. And I had booked all the way out for the year. Oh, he man. did whatever he did to make the owner of the whole establishment get so angry that he shut out all of it down. He was like, man, so I had to go through this whole thing where I had to give everybody paintings. But it was just a lot of shit yeah. I had to do with that in 2018. Huh? Yeah. And so he, ran off and moved somewhere else so all the shit fell back on me so at this point i'm like all right so and it was funny because i that by that time i had did the house of blues for my third time 2018 was like i came it's funny because house of blues seen me too they seen me go from a small band a quite bigger band to all of a sudden i got this big old ensemble of 15 people on stage in 2018 they like he got a body painter up here he got dancers he got the background singers he got uh, legendary guitars uh one from the wonder bar smoking joe up here playing guitar with it was just a lot i did at that time and it was you know i, I paused because i'm like man by that time we did so much we played at a cemetery before it was, it was just so much going on around that time and yeah i don't think there was anything you would have said no to but yeah having having reached that having reached not not exactly a level but just, just a place in your life where you were comfortable with and things made sense to you the mm -hmm. things around mm -hmm. you made sense to you what would be the genesis for eyeball in new orleans Cause now, I mean, you got you got all your ducks in a row yeah. up there, you know. Let me tell you how. Now I was telling y'all earlier, the things in between these stories, how all of this stuff, like it's magical to me, cause I just always be like, man, this this it just all lines up. So, all those years of performing in Wonder Bar and doing my thing, tourists would come through, people from New Orleans would come through. Yeah. They ask me, "Hey, you from New Orleans? You from Nola?" Like, no. You know, I'm like, no, I'm from here. They like, what? You need to go. And there was always somebody coming up to me, asking me about New Orleans. I just kept putting it in the back of my mind, like, okay, you know, I'm not going there. That's not. I was worried about going to Cincinnati. That's where I was, That's when I moved out there. And I'm like, I was really looking at New Orleans. Like, I, was, I even even people asked me. I didn't even take the time to go search New Orleans. I just was not. Nothing. I was just like, okay, yeah. Because I'm like, so many people was like, I remember one dude from Costa Rica was like, man, you don't belong here. You belong in heaven. Like, you belong, you don't even supposed to be down here performing. Thank you. Like, he, like people from other countries definitely used to just, you know, be so happy to see me perform. But I will always have this thing where New Orleans will always get mentioned every time through my whole career. It would be somebody I meet or somebody from out here. They get to talking to me like I was from here. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, no, I'm not. And so 
is we let me see where it got to the point okay 2018 i'll go through all these changes with the band like i told you just rotating thing 2019 i moved my grandma i had to start taking care of my grandmother so i had to go back to the south side found a space down the street from her start taking care of her during the daytime nighttime i'm out in the streets doing my thing performing and stuff like that we still doing these all these different shows people booking us for like private gigs and everything 2020 <laughs> happens and our last show our last final show is once again house blues <laughs> we get booked because somebody from the underground wonder bar which is another great artist her name is katie kaden she ended up becoming second place on uh, the voice the tv show mm -hmm. And it was funny because somebody from the Wonder Bar used to be like, man, even though the spot is closed, it was two superstars there, you and her. Y'all both going to be big time. He's just a little guy used to know. He just said that out of nowhere. So she go out, you know, she go in. Her story, not similar to mine, but it was kind of like that was the place that cultivated artists, kind of like to be around all these, this, this wisdom and knowledge. So she had her story as well. But... You know, she come back to Chicago, and I get a message from her manager, and they hit my managers up at the time. They're like, man, we want Tamari to open up for Katie Kaden at uh, House of Blues for our show. First thing on my mind, I'm like, wait, because what I was dealing with at the time was people were afraid to put me in a show because they were like, man, I'm not going to play after that. I'm not only one of them. It was like those type of things that happened because you have a booking agent who probably didn't know nothing about me. He'll see me before that. We'd get on stage and they passed, put a band after us that didn't make sense. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. We'll go out there and we'll shut it down. The band after us be like, man, what the? Why would you do this to us? And we're, that was his fault. I'm not finna stop my show to make you feel, no, I'm gonna go all out. So. When she asked about that, I'm like, first thought in my head, I'm like, she sure? You know, I'm like, she know. I'm like, she's seen me perform. She know we both came up in the same bar. So I'm like, okay, long as she sure. And she know I'm not holding back right. You know, and she's like, yeah, yeah. But she held her own because Katie, she is a powerhouse singer. Like, she, yeah. she goes there. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do it. Because I'm like, long as it ain't going to be no beef after this or nothing like that. We going to, because I'm going to come with it because I'm, People was calling me Mr. House of Blues because I did it so many times. So by that time, I'm like, okay. This time I got a whole, it's 2019, two dancers, two keyboard players, the body painters there. I got, um, who else, who else? Two guitar players, lead and rhythm, two bass players. I got still got said, then the other guy I told you I had a dream about. I got him on stage too. So this by this time, I I would say it had to be a, it was a lot of us on stage this time. Sure. So we come out here. Um, dude, it was a soul. It was a sold out show. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a big audience of people. So I come out here with this whole like, what people would definitely think I was from New Orleans. I had the, like big chief uh, head dress mm -hmm. on, mm -hmm. gold cape. I just come out on my entrance song. And I knew I scared a lot of people in the audience. They were like, what is going on? But we just went to this whole thing and started jamming. And we just, you know, just started doing our thing. And the crowd was going crazy after that. And so then 
all of a sudden you get you know it was this was february 2020 and all of a sudden after that that was our last show and we had so much great stuff like booked which i know a lot of bands and musicians did as well yeah we had all this stuff booked. we were supposed to play a chicago marathon we were supposed to play in connecticut at a college festival a lot of stuff that got canceled so i'm like ain't this about a bitch i was like so oh, hurt because COVID. it was like i just did all of this and now all this got like i yeah. just felt you know, and I was like, and I had to even step back for a minute because I'm like, it ain't about me because I know it's a lot of people who going through this and worldwide, this is going on right now. So I had to humble myself. I went back home. I was Like I said, between this time, I was still taking my care of my grandmother, doing all this stuff. Um, go home. I'm like, all right, we ain't got nowhere to perform no more. Um, we wasn't rehearsing no more. I still was making music and stuff like that. Still, you know, it was just everything just went out the window. So I was kind of hurt now when they performed. So I'm like, you know what, my band. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to just take, I was living in a basement type apartment that I turned to a 70s looking thing too. And I had the same disco ball from the club hanging. All right, I well, just took at everything. least we keeping that energy <laughs> yeah, with us, you know. I put it in the basement. So I told my friends and band members, like, hey, y'all, if y'all need a space to, because I really wasn't, I wasn't falling into the shit that I'm like, I live in my own energy and own world and stuff like that so i'm like if y'all need a space to come to get away from the world for a little bit you know come down to my spot we you go we all make tacos and we have drinks and just talk have a good time listen to good music so that's what we we're doing half of the time when everything was closed down we we're making our own little parties we we're going out to parks and stuff in chicago just doing different things to keep our energy together as a band we'll get together sometimes to rehearse but you know, spread out and do our rehearsals, yeah. but we still were keeping that energy together. So by the time 2021 came and, you know, stuff kind of started opening up, uh, we instantly got back booked for a festival. So that first festival we did, and by this time I had probably another arrangement of musicians, and yeah, by this time said I think said ended up, he finally told me, like, man, I'm going to retire from the band. He still plays, though. He does something else now with another one of my uh, protégés I work with named Goose Wayne, another guy that's heavy into the rock scene. So said that that was his main thing. He was more into the, like, funk rock stuff. So he went and started working with him, which is still family, so I wasn't tripping about that because I had Oni, the other bass player. So yeah. Like, I was already kind of prepared for that. So that happens. We started doing these shows in 2021. And let me see. Okay, twenty time go. We do whatever other shows we do in twenty twenty one. We do Navy Pier. I'm probably missing out some stuff. We do a big club in Chicago called Untitled. It was just a lot of stuff we did. And you're playing a few covers and originals. Oh, by this time, no, I was just all originals. By okay. this time, I wasn't even the cover thing went out the window because I was like just seeing, especially out the playing House of Blues and seeing all these people just react. We didn't even do no covers for that. It was like. By this time, I was just straight. If somebody even tried to ask me, hey, let's do uh, look at them. They knew not to ask me about no covers. I was just anti-cover. That's what I was. I'm like, original, original. So I was pushing this original thing, and I saw that people were, like, reacting from it. I tried to record albums and stuff. It didn't work for some reason. And it was because I wasn't with the right people yet all the way. So 2021, and that ends. 2022 come you got january february march like i said i come down here finally even though i had a friend actually let me rewind 
the trombone player, he, when the bar closed, he moved to New Orleans in 2018. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, you know, I'm hyping him up. Like, that's a good idea for you. Because I know down there they probably love horns and stuff. That's what I'm thinking in my head. Like, there's just straight horns, which I know, you know, horns out here. But I'm like, you going to go out there and just snap because I knew his energy as far as. And he's still one of the best trombone uh, players I know mm -hmm. to this day. And, you know, he played in my band, too, a couple of times. So, he, you know, he already knew what type of stuff I was about. So he came out here. So I, you know, hit him up every now and then. How you been feeling, man? You good? He's like, yeah. And he's like, man, you should come out here, check it out. I'm, you know, I just kept giving an old, you know, surface level talk. I'll be out there one day. Still was putting this shit in the back of my mind. Yeah. 2022 come. I get one of my ladies. You know, she like, it's her birthday in March. We were supposed to go to like a nature preserve or camping or something. She's like, you know, we just going to go to New Orleans. I'm like, all right, cool. I ain't never been because she was asking me about it. She said, yeah, you ever been in New Orleans before? I'm like, nah. She's like, well, I'm a, we going to go there just because something's telling me to take you over there. I'm like, all right. So we finally, we drive out here. We go to New Orleans. And I come out here, and this is why I say it's like a spiritual thing. One thing with me in Chicago, I always watch the sky and I always see hawks all the time. And I told myself when we were driving out here, I just kept seeing all these hawks flying past me. And I'm like, man. So I told myself, I'm like, if it's meant, because I was already in this position in 2022, like, I think Chicago is kind of drying up for me because you're doing something different. And it's like, I got this long resume. Oh, man, I like skipped. I won the Chicago Music Award as well in 2018 for the best, uh, the most outstanding show band. All of this stuff that I did out there. And you still got like venues and different people trying to devalue what you're doing. All oh, your band too big. Oh, y'all do this or y'all. It was just this like kind of love hate thing was like, no, we don't. You're doing something different. You need to do some cover songs type stuff. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I was kind of at the end of my role with Chicago a little bit as far as being there, trying to keep pushing what I was doing. So I come out here and I'm like, if this is where I'm supposed to be, I'm going to just say it like this. I want to see. If I get here and I see a whole bunch of hawks flying in the sky one time, then I know this is where I need to be at. We get to a restaurant. We sitting outside waiting to be seated. I just happen to look up and see eight hawks just flying in. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And I, I tell my lady, like, let me tell you. I, cause I didn't tell her what I did before I got out here. And so I told her. And she was like, wow. And I'm like, you know, I told her, I'm like, you see that? She's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, okay. And as time went on. I met up with my friend Maurice, talked to him. He like, I told him how I was feeling about me. I'm like, I don't know. I might move out here. He like, bro, I'm telling you, move out here. You need to come out here. For the weekend, I just had this whole experience. I go, um, go on Frenchman, see how they, you know, I got up on stage. He led me up there with Sierra Green. And I met, and it's funny because I met Sierra Green. I didn't know she already knew me because about it, like, I, I, I've humbled myself so much with like so many people already knew me well it was like it'd be kind of surprising so i come i'm like hey nice to meet you i already been knew you i've been following you and stuff for years i'm happy to just see you in person right now i don't even know how to feel like you know she was just showing me this love yeah and let me get on stage and my first time performing out here and seeing the impact and how the crowd was reacting i was like whoa okay you know I'm like i've seen a lot of crowds get down and do their thing from some music but they really for real about music out here and seeing all the you know going on bourbon street frenchman just seeing all this different stuff 
And I was like, all right, we're on our way home back to Chicago. And I'm like, you know what? I think I want to move out there. I kept saying it. Get home, get back to Chicago. I'm just looking around. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I think it's, I can't keep playing. You I kept need discussing to, it with yeah. yourself, but yourself already <laughs> yeah. decided. So. I'm like, I need to move out there. So <clears throat> I just by I gave myself a time. And, and uh, by this time, my son, he's about seven, he's eight now. So, you know, even with him, he knew, like, he always tell me, like, man, my dad a rock star, so I've always kept him. I had, even with that, having a child, I had to even put my mind in a mindset where I was like, I got to make sure I'm pushing so hard with this so my son can feel like, man, look at my dad. He a rock star. Look at, look at him, and he still makes sure he's a father to me and, all of this type of stuff, even though, you know, I, I get into a lot of wild stuff and I don't hide nothing from my son, but I still let him know how to grow up to be a man and, you know, do what yeah. he has to do, even follow his dream and whatever. I don't expect him to be a musician or anything, but if he want to do that, then he can do that. So I get out there, um, probably I stay in Chicago for a couple of months, do all my last couple of shows. I'm like, all right, y'all. I tell the band what I'm about to do. I'm like, Think I'm about to leave, y'all. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm moving in. No, actually, it was supposed to be November. Had a situation where I was like, man, fuck this. I'm leaving in August. So I was just like, I'm leaving in August. I packed all my stuff up. The place I was living at, you know, I had to tell, you know, and I was, like I told you, I was working for my grandma too. So that was hard too to be having to leave. But I'm like, I know my grandma would want me to follow what, you know, with my heart at. Because she's always inspired me to keep moving towards my goal. Like, even when people like, man, why are you dressing like that? Why are you walking around here? I'm like, boy, you know, like, she would be like, you look you look good. You look sharp. You know, like, she'd keep telling me. I'm like, all right, Grandma, thank you. You know, yeah. I'd show her different shows, and she'd sit down and watch it with me. So I knew, even though at the time I'm taking care of her. Um, and I still go back to Chicago, still see her and everything. And my family came back telling them. My dad, he was kind of like, man, what? But then he, after he saw the results of me moving out here, and then, you know, I was posting little stuff on social media, which got to the point where that's how I came across what you had going on. Because I'm like, all right, I'm new out here. I need to find a way to, you know, put my stuff in front of people, show them what I'm doing, even though I came out here with intentions on starting a whole new band. That didn't happen because I'm like, okay, I, you know, I was just meeting, I was like half and half. I meet some musicians who would be like, oh man, no, no, I was talking to performers, like the singers and leaders of bands. They're like, man, it's hard to get a band out here right now because a lot of people, when you got something that they got to commit to, they got showing up late. They, it was just a lot of shit that I knew I didn't tolerate at all. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know what, though? I, I, I don't know how it is um, in Chicago, but it seems like the guys uh, and girls down, down here that are really serious about gigging, are so much to the extent that they're in more than one band. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what that, that's what they do. They're doing yeah. gigs constantly. They could be in three mm -hmm. different bands. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that's uh, a good fit for you either. Yeah. Do you it, know what I mean? It was kind of like, and that's actually, that was some of my issues I had in Chicago too. Because some of my musicians that, you know, if you didn't know how to balance being in like five different bands, like my thing was don't, Cause okay, it would be like this. I meet a musician, they get in my band, and people will find out you play with Tamari T and Electric Company. You say that name got a lot of pull, so 
you have all these people trying to hit you up to play with you. And so I'm like, okay, don't start getting all these gigs and then start shitting on me. And yeah. not you showing up late for rehearsal, you're not even coming to rehearsal, or you just whatever. And so we get to the point, I was tired of that too. So I, I kind of was already familiar with that type of energy. But the musicians, I'm, you know, I'm happy to have now where they might play other gigs. Well, damn, I'm out here. They still out there, but they still know how to be like, all right, tomorrow only asks us to come to rehearsal one week. Uh, I mean, one day out of the week, and just make sure we prepare when we come to that rehearsal. Even though, if, even if he's not here, I still got my band, which Oni and uh, Big Will, they're my music directors now. So they run, they keep the ship tight while I'm out here doing all the footwork and, you know, make networking and stuff like that. So I get out here in August, this is what I'm going through. I'm like, all right, I'm in New Orleans, I'm Sierra, she opened up her doors for me with her band. She like, hey, you can play with me. You know, you know, get your name out there a little more. Start just networking with different people. I showed them my stuff, and they'd be like, "Man, what? What? You know, like people was like going crazy just to see videos and stuff like that." So I'm like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best to try to get the band out here." I wasn't planning to get the band out here until February. Yeah, I was not even planning to get us out here that quick because I'm like, I got to build a name for myself. My problem was coming from. Being that legend in Chicago, urban legend, whatever you want to call it, being that hidden gem in Chicago, to come to a whole new place, I kind of went through like a thing where I was like, damn, am I starting over and I'm about to, I'm an amateur now, or do I still, you know, like, I don't want to come here too egotistical, and I'm like, oh, I don't know what I did, but then it took Sierra Green, she was like, you know, I'm going to tell you now, don't come in here. Cause she saw how hum humbling I was being with myself. She's like, nah, fuck that. You don't need to humble yourself because you have done so much amazing stuff. All you have to do is just take what you've done. You just move into a new area and just, you know who you are. You already know you're not just going to be taking anything. I'm like, you sure. know what? You're right. So I ended up just sending out emails to different, um, I got my band stuff wrote up, EPK, all that different stuff I was sending you, bio sure. and all of that. I send it out to the, a lot of different clubs out here. And then I find out a lot of people like, man, a lot of them don't check their email. You got to talk to them in person type. It was yeah, that type of just thing. showing up, man. <laughs> yeah, so up. I'm like, damn, okay, I'm not, I'm used to it, but it's like, you know, I my managers weren't out here with me, so it's just me doing this. I really don't like, I can talk business with people, but I don't like doing it. I'd rather for somebody else tell them what I want and then they go handle that. So, you know, I'm like, okay. So one person hit me up. When I finally got through all my fishing rides out. Like, hey, look at this, look at this. Um, get an email back from um, booking agent at 3090. Like, wow, this is, we need this. You, come on. We, I'm like, okay, cool. Let's set up a meeting face to face because I like to talk face to face. So I let her know everything going on. Like, yeah, she's like, well, it's kind of a big band. Can y'all scale it down? Can you think you can fit in 3090? I'm like, we're going to make it work because that's. I'm thinking about the Underground Wonder Bar and other places I performed where sure. we was packed up on stages, but we still made it work somehow. So I told him, like, we can make it work. We can arrange it where I have my dancers on the floor, the band up here, and space it out. So the band didn't even think I was going to be calling them that quick. I just moved out here in August. I hit them up, emailed everybody, like, hey, y'all, we got a show in November. Man, we got to figure out getting out here and, and yeah. making it happen because we our own independent, you know, company like thing. And so I'm like, oh, we going to ask for donations, whatever we got to do to make this happen. Let's make this work. 
So it ended up happening. We ended up finding a good van we rented, a good Airbnb to stay in. We, you know, we was packed in there like some hippies, but I told them this is what we got to do. Everybody came out and we did these shows. And like I was saying earlier, people were telling me, hey man, just make sure you do some covers and buck. Cause a lot of people, they come here to hear the covers. You gotta, you know, just kind of tell me I gotta appeal to the audience type stuff. So I'm like, uh, no, I'm not finna do that. I'm not finna fall for that. That's what they used to tell me in Chicago. No, I'm gonna come out here and I'm gonna just do my show and see what happens. So we do a show at this spot called The Garage on Friday, on a Friday night, I think the 24th of November. We, I mean 25th. We do The Garage. That was cool. It was on Bourbon Street, but it was like kind of, you know, didn't have that many punk people come out. But people was coming in and out, and people that did come in, they were staying like, okay, what's this? But the next night on 3090, we came out there. The band opened up. I usually had the band open up before I come out with the dancers. They already had the crowd like hot. I'm like, I'm in the back, like, okay, all right, y'all got me back here getting a little nervous. I was playing, I don't really <laughs> be nervous for real, but I'm like, okay, I'm getting anticipated. So by the time I come out, the crowd is like, oh, like they don't even really know me like that, but they, you know, kind of like, it's kind of like they felt like they did know. They knew it was something finna happen. So I come out on stage and we just tear it up. And then I knew like in the band, the last day they was here, they was like, man, we know we're gonna come back out here. I'm like, yo, I'm gonna push to get us back out here in February was my plan. Yeah. And uh they everybody been excited. Even they didn't want to go back to Chicago. They like, man, we need to be we need to come back out. I'm like, just trust me, we gonna be moving back and forth. I'm like, these first couple of shows, we probably have to take the, you know, at, get donations, do whatever we need to do to build money to get back and forth out here. But let's, you know, do this. And I'm like, so our first show out of Chicago was coming to New Orleans and I see that it I followed the path I needed to follow and you know sure. and I'm still meeting people today like that just see me and be like, man, you you know they you know instinct like you fit right in down and I'd be like, I'm from Chicago and they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah. Like so it's just been funny because I even meet tourists that start asking me questions about it. like I've been here a little bit where I learned pick like I know how to drive around without my uh, Google Maps no more so it's like I pick I pick up on stuff quick now where I'm like all right I'm getting a survey of the scene I'm meeting all type of people I not only am I going to go into like the tourist neighborhoods I'm going to go into like what would be considered the hood type neighborhoods too because I'm not I'm really not afraid anywhere I go I just I'm going to be me because I feel like I should show that to all type of communities you know where I, wherever i'm at so it's been fun to be able to just be out here and do my thing and so now 3090 asked us to come back for mardi gras which i wanted to do because i'm like good something just kept telling me y'all need to be playing towards mardi gras i was trying to do two shows again but i'm yeah. like you know i'm gonna take the one show because <laughs> people were not going with the trying to get us in i'm like hitting up blue now like y'all need us up in there i'm going tempatinas all these different places but i'm like Okay, you know, it was been hard to get in touch with him. Like, it's cool. Let me just blow up this spot that let us get our foot in the door. Now let's get our whole body in the door. Now yeah. and just you needed that thirty nine yeah. turnout to show your band promise too, because it, mm -hmm. it took them a lot to get down here. Yeah. So I think it was important that they see something that resonated with them and stuck with them. Made mm -hmm. an impression. They ain't never seen that many tips. Somebody get that many tips in the uh, thing either. I, that's Beautiful. how I felt when I first came here. I'm like. We that see everything. I'm like they just 
I'm like, whoa. I'm like, I ain't in Chicago. I ain't never seen this happen like this. Yeah. Like, I was, I'm That's surprised to get $100 for tips in Chicago when I seen that. I'm like, okay, this is a live music city. And I see, you know, I, you know, and some of the local musicians I talk to, they kind of, you know, they'll tell me, honestly, like, man, I feel like the scene is kind of, is drying up a little bit. But so we need something like you to come in here and just spark up some more. You know, like, hey, yeah. get something sparked out and, you know, spark something in somebody. And I know it's going to be some people probably looking at me. You're not even from here, but nah, I'm from everywhere. No, no. <laughs> a lot of people from down here from everywhere, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a melting pot. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Ain't no problem. Thank you for coming out, man. I appreciate your time. Man, Thank you for coming out. Man, I look Good forward to you, it. Man. Like, it was a pleasure meeting man, you, Man, nice to meet you, too. I want to tell you, following up on what you said a while ago, with the girl telling you, don't slow down. Don't slow down. Thank you. Thank you. You're only Thank as good you. as people tell people you are. Thank you. Thank you. I feel that. <laughs> so I feel nice, to meet nice to meet you too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you again. Um, I, I got that flyer I said I'm going to send you too, cool. so I'm going to send it to Please you. Please do. I got you. I'll be giving with you yeah. probably tomorrow. ASAP. All right, cool. But yeah, so we just about finished, man. Okay. I want to I wanna get to, I got it because I got to do this from the side. I'd like to get into, um, it's obvious where you're headed, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. As far as your intention with the original band. And by this point, your sound, appearance, presentation, production, none of those things are in question anymore. You're pretty locked in on all those yeah. things too. So I guess um, my question is now, uh, moving forward, let's say the band is down here now mm -hmm. and you've performed a few times around the city. Mm -hmm. What's the goal? Because that's just, that's just getting yourself settled. Basically. My, my goal is, like even one of my elders was like, um, I don't plan to just like be, get settled and be like, um, now I'm stuck here type thing. I feel like there's just opening door to more opportunity. The okay. main goal is to travel the world and do different things like that. But while I was telling you earlier, I feel like even now, me coming down here like this trip, the band, we're gonna do this one show, but we're also gonna be recording our album down here. Yeah. Because I feel like that's the energy we need to be finally get the sound locked like I want to. Because I didn't re try to record like four or five times and it just didn't happen. So I've been like pushing this thing with no music out like that. So it's like, it's funny to be even get, make such a big name for myself already. Where you think some artists would be like, oh man, you need your album. You gotta put an album out first before people know. You know, like I've been doing this without album, you know, without doing that. I got a couple of like live versions of my songs out people can listen to, but yeah, not where it's like a full theme because my main thing was building a production. This is more of a experience for people. So one of my main goals is just creating more and more of this like people got to pay tickets. Like, I don't know if you know about the Blue Man group or like different groups like a circus or something like that. Sure. Where they go, not only you about to get this exotic funk music, you about to get this whole like presentation with this. Yeah. And it's like more of, like I said, it's like a attraction, something that's if I have a big stage and I can do everything I want to do, like I don't, it's endless possibilities. I don't even feel like where I'm at with the band now is where I'm gonna stop. I tell the band all the time, y'all be ready if y'all see me entering the stage on a horse or something like that. That's how 
far I want to go with it, you know. Sure. And it's like really a lifestyle, and it's like everybody in the band, you know, that I envision, they fit right into like you know, in all around the same age. And me and Big Will, he's been the same original member of the OG band till sure. now. So me and him just been like running this ship tightly and being like, all right, cool. Now this is what we gonna do, and we are gonna keep moving forward. So he's one of the people that know where I came from to see right now where we at. And yeah how far far we're gonna get with this and keep going with it. So Sure. Yeah. All right. And then um do you have any uh leads right now? Are you in talks with anybody right now? Do you have you have a catalog of songs, obviously. You just need to lay them down. Oh yeah, I got oh, we got the songs album already prepared. I'm actually gonna be uh getting into this I actually this week I went and checked out a studio that I feel okay. is gonna be perfect. I actually had one of my elder uh mentors that used to work with Parliament Funkadelic and work with um, Earth, Wind and Fire. He used to be a sound engineer for them. So luckily I was able to meet him through uh, another one of my mentors, Ryan Prince. Uh -huh. The guy I told you about smoking Joe Thomas, his bro older brother is another like big time guitarist in the uh, music scene back in the day. His name is Ryan Prince. And I'll make sure I send you some video footage of them so you can see uh, who I'm talking about. But Ryan, introduced me to Ace. I met Ace. I just met all these older guys that, yeah. you know, so I got Ace and told him, like, hey, he the one I want to mix my my album because I know he's going to give me that sound that I need as far as that Parliament, Earth, Wind & Fire type of mix that I want. He know what I want when it comes to my mix for the music when people hear it. The guy I met out here with the studio, he was talking to me and it's just funny, he was like, man, I just, I saw y'all at 3090, I was just walking down the street and I heard y'all and I came in there and was like, oh shit. So when you, he didn't even know when I reached out to him, he was like, man, you're I'm the glad. same person. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, I'm I so happy you reached out to me because he's like, I would love to record y'all and capture that energy. He was like, that's what I'm all about. It's capturing that live energy Beautiful. and bringing it to the forefront. So having, I had a call with him and Ace just letting him know, like, Ace, I need you to let him know what he need to do to make sure he actually capture us the right way. So when you yeah. mix it, it's going to go great. And then I got um, one of my band members that's in the band, West. He does a lot of, you know, musical things, too, as far as in the studio. He's going to get with Ace. Him and Ace going to mix it where I have that younger generation and older generation come together to, you know, mix this thing right. And so when people hear this music, they can you know, like experience it and then want to come see like, man, now I can close my eyes and see what this exotic funk thing is. And yeah. it's funny, somebody told me, they listened to my music and they just started busting up laughing and it was like, man, you look like your music. Yeah. You know? well, <laughs> I was like, hey, hello, that makes yeah. sense to me too, and man. So I'm like, I'm like, well, you know I would what? hope so. Yeah. I'm that's... like, so it's been a thing, so it's cool. So I'm just really like everybody say, some people say, man, you got the power to start a cult, but I'm like, I ain't really trying to start a cult. I just want to start a movement where the, the main thing about the whole music and thing that I'm doing is bringing a positive message to a yeah. world that, you know, you're not hearing that much of it no more, but not only bringing that message through the music, but bringing music that you can dance to, and while you're hearing some empowering lyrics to it. Yeah. So, you know, we, we talk about, you know, like I, one thing I don't do is I don't push no music that's not 
I don't talk about no killing nobody, degrading nobody, no nothing. Yeah. I talk about everything when it comes to like we talk about we have sensual songs, we have dance music, we have songs that's like powerful songs that inspire people and just to even come out here and perform. And it's always happened no matter where I've been, but to see young, old, white, mad black, Asian, all type of people together dancing to this sound has been like inspiring to me sure it's like intergenerational interracial everything everything is going on so yeah i think all all bets of sociology are off when you come under the umbrella mm -hmm. of music and i mm -hmm. think it, it's it's taming and uplifting at the same time yeah. you know what i mean yeah. and that's um inspirational you know it keeps you going yeah because you, yeah. you just want to attain that atmosphere you yeah know? so well, i hope that uh things come together for you like you would like to see yeah. them uh, with the the recording and the audio engineering and mixing because that's it's really important. Yeah. I was trying to recall there was a story about a band that was a, I was reading about like an iconic album that came together in the '60s, like CCR or something like that. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. they they were recorded and got it mixed and mastered, and then um, we're listening to the end result, and they're like, that's. We're, we're folkish and this is so polished that it just makes us sound like too too hollywood yeah. you know what i mean and <laughs> yeah. it's the same material yeah. Yeah. but it's received and polished a certain way to where you you're not getting the grit you yeah. know what i'm saying and mm -hmm. you need some of that grit because that the inflection the expression and mm -hmm. how you feel when you're saying these things yes. people need to feel that on I'm, the other I'm side glad you said that because that was one thing i was mentioning earlier when a lot of people are like now I'm paying attention to a lot of people are using, like when I told you what I was saying earlier about people saying, oh, this is funk and it's yeah. really some pop sound and right. stuff. I tell people all the time, exotic funk is from the, the ghetto. That's that's where I'm from. Yeah. That's, so, that's where I began this music at. So everybody gonna be able to, like, especially from my type of community and where I'm raised and where I'm from, they gonna be able to relate to it because this, that's where I was at when I created this music. Yeah. I wasn't, I don't want nobody to take that energy from it and be, you know, trying to make it. Like I told you earlier, this guy trying to, oh, you need to sound more updated. Like, no, I don't want nobody to take none of that from it. I wouldn't even hear yeah. the second half of that sentence. <laughs> you know, you need to, what? You yeah. know what you need to do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With funk, man, I, I think uh, everything's, everything's gotta be on pause mm -hmm. momentarily man sometimes the beat pauses mm -hmm. if you don't make that face like you just smell yeah. something stinky yeah. at least once it ain't funk yeah. and you're not gonna get that yeah. when you feel good uh oh yeah. boy you keep talking yeah. about bruno mm -hmm. mars and all that stuff like that <laughs> so please uh you know preserve the funk yeah, i will and I keep will. the funk with you I and will. distribute the funk to the masses yeah. and you know hopefully they they record mix and master your funk mm -hmm. so that other people feel funky too yeah and bring something back like some just bringing the light back into the world you know like i like i said i love seeing people dance so that's my main thing i like to dance with them man yeah you know it's just really a healing thing and i feel like that's something the world needed all it's always something like this happening where it might be a time in the world everybody feel like it's falling down but then the whole time it's like something is rising not only i know i'm not the only one that's doing what i'm i'm doing what i'm doing but i know there's others out there who i might inspire to be like let me get on my shit i got this music i'm hearing in my head i got yeah. students that i work with that tell me like man you know they like to have they still call me now to have one-on-one -on -one consultations and stuff like that about what's going on with them and their music and how can they you know branch out more because i'm like 
that's what we need. I know me being one person, I can't win this war alone. We just be okay, yeah, no, it's it's other artists out here too that need to hear people sure. like me to open their mind and be like, okay, let me, you know, whatever they might, whatever sound they hear and bring it out. You know? Yeah. So, tell the people where they could find any of uh, your media material okay. right now. Mostly, um, you can Facebook at Tamari T and the Electric Company is T H E. Well, let me actually spell my whole name. T A M A R I E T and the T H E E Electra E L E K T R A and then company K U M P A N Y and that's for Facebook. You can type that in anywhere YouTube, Google, all of that will pop up. Yeah. Instagram, I use Instagram a lot. Um, on Instagram, Electra. E L E K T R A underscore company K U M P A N Y. And so, yeah, you can reach out, message me. I'm not bougie. I actually reply back to people and talk them down to earth. I'm not like got this big head. I feel like I'm like like a good uh, musician, actually, elder I met out here. I don't look down on people. Only time you should look down on people is when you helping them up. So, yeah, that's where I'm at now. I'm, you know, I'm approachable. Well, I'm, I say sometimes. I ain't gonna say all the time. Cause I have my moments. <laughs> Everybody got to move. Yeah, I have my moments when I'm mysterious. Like, hey, don't talk to me right now. Yeah. But yeah, those are the two plat media platforms. Okay. I can't get all into Twitter and all that other stuff. So, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate all man, your time. Thank you, David. I appreciate you, like, you know, doing this and helping me out. Like, Absolutely. Hey, this is Levi from Misled, Southern Brutality in 1016. Look, man, we all start off as jam bands. Get together, we push our souls all throughout the speakers, man. Simple as that. The connections that we form with our crowds and following is nothing like any other. We'd love to have you back. Click that on button, show your support, or you can check us out at Buy Me a Coffee. Back, back, back. Backslash. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Buy me a coffee. Backslash. Backslash. That's buy me a coffee. Backslash. New Orleans music. I said, buy me a coffee. Backslash. New Orleans music. I have spoken. Yeah, 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 yeah.